Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, we want to look at potential alternatives to the public transport currently available in uh, Limerick. We've heard it time and time again from listeners about the difficulties in getting around the city. Buses aren't reliable. They take too long. Sometimes they don't even show up. Uh, There aren't enough cycle lanes in Limerick. It's not safe to cycle here. That sort of thing. And many of us have just resigned ourselves to the fact that the car is the only way to get around Limerick City and County. But our next guests are here to shine some light on alternatives to sitting behind the wheel. Uh, two fourth-year students at the University of Limerick, Luke Doherty and John Cavanagh. Good morning to both of you, uh, gentlemen. And uh, uh, Labour councillor Joe Ledden is also uh, with us uh, this morning. He's got a big interest in this area as well. And good morning to you, uh, Joe. Good morning, uh, Joe. Uh, first of all, uh, let us uh, hear what uh, you, the listeners of Limerick today, uh, feel about public transport in Limerick right now. Poor, poor. <laughs> Why is that? Well, they, well, you're never sure when they're coming and, you know, yeah, yeah at the and, moment. And what service would you use regularly? We, we use regular 313 Iron Crusher. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And how often does that usually go then? Well, it only, it only goes three times, isn't it? Three times in the day. The morning. Two, morning, afternoon, afternoon and evening. We say three times, you could say. Okay. You know, yeah. And is it that bus airing or what bus well, is it? It's bus, oh, it's bus airing. It's bus airing, yeah. Well, they all changed um, their, their their times and their staff lately. So, you know, that we find sometimes it can be very... Yeah. Three times a day isn't a lot, so you'd say it should definitely be more regular. Is that is that what you're well, saying? Well, I think more, 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 maybe more buses. The thing is, you wouldn't get the the crowd for a bus. You won't really you now, won't, you know. Say, that's because true. Because there's only few people, very few people use it. It's usually elderly yeah. like ourselves that use them. Yeah. You know what I mean. And uh, but most people don't, so you don't know which to say. Like, I know, it kind of sucks sometimes. Like buses are delayed and all that. Sometimes it just takes forever for them to show up. So, and would you get the train or the bus or both? I'm honestly get the bus to where I need to go. Where would you usually get it to? Out by Parkway. Okay, so the 304? Yeah. And you're saying it's kind of late a lot, is it? Sometimes sometimes it doesn't show up at all. It happened to me a few times, waited over an hour. <laughs> okay, so, and do you rely on the bus to get to work or anything, or to get anywhere? No, I rely on the bus for most places. But then, sometimes, most of the time it's fine though, other times it just depends. It's brutal. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Buses just don't show up when they're supposed to. That's yeah. basically it, really. What bus would you usually get? Um, the 303. 303. Yeah. That goes to where again? Myros. Myros. Yeah. Okay. And is it just that it doesn't come that often or it's late or is it's it... late or it's early or, you know, you miss it because you're too early because yeah. it's too early. Or you... Especially with the apps now that you have and you're kind of relying on that, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rely on the bus a bit regularly? Would you get it for- every day? Yeah, every day for work. Yeah. Okay, so it's for work as well. Yeah. So there's the added pressure of having to be on time. Getting on time, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think there just needs to be more buses, or they just need to be able to keep the? They just need to be on time, really. Just time to run to a timetable properly, like you know, they don't really do that. <laughs>
All right, Limerick today, Lister's not uh, massively impressed with public transport uh, options currently in uh, Limerick. And as I mentioned, we're joined in the studio by Labour Councillor Joe Ledden and two fourth-year students at UL, Luke Doherty and John Kavanagh. Um, and uh, I presume you guys are aware of and probably use the current public transport options? Uh, firstly, thank you very much for having us. And uh, thanks to everyone in Limerick who's given us their support so far. Um, yeah, public transport in Limerick is a, is a disaster at the moment. As as one gentleman said in that interview, um, he's been waiting over an hour for a bus. Um, I I have taken the bus to the 304 to UL on a number of occasions, and sometimes I've been waiting 45 minutes for a bus that, to show up, and then three might come at the same time. This is a bus that should be showing up every 15 minutes, and you're left standing in the rain um, waiting for it. Uh, there's a problem with the system as well. In that, like, it takes me twenty minutes to cycle to from my house to UL, whereas if I was getting the bus, it would take about forty-five minutes. Um, I don't, I don't blame the council to be honest, because I know how the system works. Um, you need, you need to have, um, you need to have uh, permission uh, centrally from like the ITA to um, even to just to move a bus stop in uh, Limerick City. You mean the National Transport Authority? Yeah, sorry, the yeah. National Transport Authority, yeah. Okay, so Luke, tell us about this final year project, feasibility of a stationless bike, e-bike and e-scooter scheme for UL and Limerick City. Yeah, so we're trying to bring... If you, no one knows what a stationless bike scheme or e-scooters or e-bikes, so you'd have a number of them dotted around the city and you can go along with your phone, you'd have an app and scan the barcode on the on the vehicles and then the lock opens up and you can cycle it around uh, wherever you'd like and you just lock it, have to lock it to existing infrastructure that's around the city. And what's happened to the current bike scheme that we've had for... So um, the, the current scheme they have in Limerick is the Coca-Cola bike scheme. And in our opinion, it's been a complete failure. Like, for example, it only covers one kilometre squared of the city. It's just, it's not, it hasn't extended far enough. Like, everywhere within that scheme, you can walk within about 10 minutes. So there isn't the incentive to cycling. And I think if you look at it, like, Limerick is a city of almost 100,000 people. There are, there are only 2,000 people who've actually signed up to that scheme and less that actually use it on a regular basis. Like, again, the problem there was... Um, the National Transport Authority, they made the decisions there. They did not consult anyone in uh, in Limerick on how, how best to operate that scheme and where to put the stations. Like Limerick uh, councillors and Smarter Travel had to campaign hard to get the um, the station outside Mary Eye. And, and that is now the most popular station. That just showed there should have been input from people from uh, from Limerick into that scheme, and there hasn't been. We are offering an alternative that... Uh, that will extend to UL, that will extend to LIT and then out to the shopping centre and uh, connect it with the city centre. And it's just, it's about it's about offering an alternative method of transport. Right. So, so e-bikes and e-scooters and the sort of scheme that you're uh, proposing, Luke, um, is it going to be expensive? Um, does it require much infrastructure and how quickly could it all happen? Yeah, well, for... The bleeper bikes have set up in Dublin. Uh, they just have stationless bikes at the moment. And what do they know? So stationless bikes are just regular bikes um, that you can just uh, cycle around and lock them to existing infrastructure. Um, and they just recently got a license for the e-bikes. But at the moment, it's €75 Euro for the year to use the 
the bleeper bikes in Dublin and you get your first fr- half hour free and you'd usually never really cycle over half an hour. Um, so you'd be looking at a price around... And so in Dublin, have they expanded that scheme and does it make sense where you can use it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of all, all, all yeah, over. They've, they've expanded yeah. out to UCD and uh, up, up uh, north as well. But like 75 euro in the broad scheme of things is, is very reasonable because if you look at... The cost of own, car ownership in Ireland is between six and ten grand a year. So, like, this is just an alternative model. Uh, like, we're looking at um, basically building more sustainable infrastructure. Like, for example, you don't you don't get cars off the road. You don't reduce traffic by building more roads. You reduce traffic, uh, but because by building more roads, it's just an incentive to bring more cars onto the road. You reduce traffic by um, more, having more sustainable infrastructure and by uh, making other forms of transport more attractive to use, so uh, building more bicycle lanes and improving your public transport system. Like our scheme is not designed to um, replace a poor public transport system; it's supposed to complement a uh, public transport system. Like if you look at the best schemes around the world, like um, uh, if you look at the best places for transport around the world, such as Netherlands and Denmark, they all have an excellent public transport s- system which is complemented by uh, cycle paths and everything like that. But a lot of people remember that when the Coca-Cola bike scheme was first introduced here to great fanfare, uh, there were bikes being fired into the Shannon and all sorts of stuff going on initially. So, you know, would that happen with your scheme? Yeah, that has been a problem, but um, we we were talking about uh, a lad from Erbo who set up in England and they had a problem with vandalism, but they they were just leaving the bikes anywhere they weren't locking them to infrastructure so then he's been talking to your man and bleeper bike in dublin and their system of locking two like poles or bike or bike racks or anything they've vandalism is minimal for them up in dublin city so i i don't think that is really going to be well hopefully won't be a problem i'd love an e-bike so what's stopping me with your scheme just keeping it well you see uh your when you unlock the account, uh, well, firstly, you have to set up an account. So you, the app, it knows your, your details, it knows your, your name, your address, and it also has your card details on file. So you need to, you, you, it has all this detail on you. So if you decide to take the bike and bring it home, um, then, you, you know, you'll be contacted. You'll be saying you have, to, you have to bring this bike back to a certain location. You have to keep it within um, the, a, a certain area. And um, and you will be fined because your your car details and eventually your account will be deactivated. Right. So uh, they're all GPS tracked, so they can find the bikes. Yeah. So if you went looking for a bike and just say it on the on the map it says it's there, but then you're like this bike just isn't here. You can report that that bike isn't there. So so like the people running the business can come and check and look for the bike, and if it's outside someone's house, it might it might be in there. Like you know. Okay, Councillor Joe Litton, uh, first of all, do you agree that the Coca-Cola bike scheme has been an utter failure? No, I don't, but what I do agree with, and I had a good chat with Luke and John outside, and uh, they're about to finish their degree in civil engineering, and this is a very good, positive conversation, and it's very timely in the context of the Limerick-Shannon Metropolitan Transport Strategy that will be published in the next couple of weeks, as in the draft strategy. Um, The Coca-Cola bike scheme, I actually have the card myself, I live beside Mary I, so I use it quite frequently. And uh, I wouldn't say it's been a complete disaster. What we were really doing was, I suppose, trying to inform people about different alternative modes of transport, obviously uh, cycling um, being the objective here. And the reason why all the docking stations were 
literally located within a kilometre of each other was simply on the basis of if you went to one docking station having cycled from A to B or whatever and you the docking station was full you didn't have to cycle you know a good couple of miles before you got to the next docking station I agreed that in terms of so it was a pilot to be fair in, in essence initially and uh, there's a couple of thousand subscribers and there has been a few issues with, with antisocial behaviour and vandalism of bikes and so on but you know in, in, the, in the context of what the original objective was in terms of giving people the option of leaving the car at home uh, and cycling, you know, within a relatively short distance, to be fair, one to two to three kilometres in around the core city centre area, I wouldn't say it's been a failure. I've often, to be fair, and other councillors as well have said that we need to expand it. So to the likes of UL, where the guys are studying LIT, you know, Raheen Industrial Estate, places where people are, you know, where there's large congregations, either of students or of people working. And that certainly needs to be looked at in terms of uh, rolling it out to additional places. But I think the conversation about the e-bikes is, is something very interesting and very timely, given the fact that we will, within a matter of weeks, have a draft transfer strategy that, you know, mm. all various different so stakeholders... So is this possibly uh, for inclusion in it then, their oh, proposal? Oh, I think so. Oh, abs- absolutely. I mean, I was only thinking when they were chatting there. I mean, I do the annual cycle to Kilkee on behalf of Live 95 FM and, and, and the, the very good fundraising that's done every year. And there's a few tricky hills, I can tell you, on the way to Kilkee from Limerick Cycling, where the e-bike would come in very handily. But um, look, of course there's merit for it, uh, absolutely. You know, the whole objective here is, uh, and Luke and John said it, we're trying to give people alternative modes of transport. We're not against the car. The car has an important role to play, but we're trying to give people safe alternative modes of transport, be it by dedicated bus routes or integrated cycle lanes or, or, or good quality uh, pedestrian routes. It's giving people the option. Um, what we are offering, though, is... Uh it's basically a more affordable way to expand the Coca-Cola scheme and, and to to basically bring more areas into it because those uh, docking stations that they have for the Coca-Cola bikes, they're very, very expensive to set up and our scheme requires no docking stations. The bikes can be parked anywhere that is safe and legal to park a bike. So you don't have to spend thousands of euro just to expand the scheme by uh, by one station. Yeah. So that's Jennifer has been in touch to say how bad the traffic has been over the last couple of weeks between the Parkway roundabout and the UL roundabout. Jennifer takes this route every morning at about 8.20 coming from Ray Bogan says the past few weeks the traffic is bumper to bumper. The Dublin road's all backed up as well. She's heading back into town now from UL and uh, traffic is still bad. Jennifer was wondering was there something going on or if anyone else was noticing the change in the traffic in the past weeks. Well I have actually been noticing it and I'm coming in before 8 o'clock in the morning. Definitely there's been an increase in uh, traffic over the last few months again there's no question about it yeah well i suppose joe to be fair we've first of all we've more people at work you know even in the midwest as i know with my day job we're heading towards full employment so that in itself generates more traffic and i suppose the other mitigating factor and you only have to look out the window is the weather has been just so bad it hasn't stopped raining in about six or seven weeks that people are less inclined to walk or cycle or whatever because it's just just not conducive so that hasn't helped as well but on that particular route that your caller has, has texted in about, as part of the Limerick Transport Strategy, we only had a meeting again last Friday evening, there, we are looking at the, the, the strategy that will come down from the National Transport Authority, and I was saying it to Luke and John, that's a high-level document that will just simply say, you need uh, bus routes, you need integrated cycle lanes, you need park and ride, you need a new bridge across the Shannon with pedestrian facilities and cycling facilities. But where we actually put them, will be decided by the council. That's why it's important that we have the consultation process. And we are looking at potentially two dedicated, uh, um, or two options at the moment in terms of from UL and the Plassey area into the city 
via the Childers Road or via Clare Street coming in from the parkway. And the most direct route probably would be Clare Street. Yeah. But that'll involve pain because, you know, if you put in a dedicated uh, uh, bus corridor there, that impinges on people who are currently using it for parking, etc. Right, we recently chatted on the Remy Today show to UL graduate, graduate uh, Fionnán Coughlin about a proposal that he submitted to be considered in the Limerick-Shannon Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy 2020. He suggested a pilot scheme of a trackless tram to run along the 304 bus route. A lot of people would like to see something that is an alternative to the car because I feel a lot of people don't, a lot of motorists don't view the bus as something that they could consider because for me, for example, it took me, when I was studying in UL, it took me 35 minutes to get from UL to the city centre in mild traffic. I'm happy to announce that um, in the 2020 budget, the council, they're putting forward 8 million euros to develop a continuous bus lane from UL from Castle Troy and Akati into the city. So that's already been announced. But I still don't think that people will give up the comfort and the convenience of their car to ride the bus. I think that a tram is something that motorists will actually think twice about and consider because I have a car myself and I don't want to give up that comfort for a bus. The buses that we currently have are noisy, they emit a lot of fumes. These new trackless trams are 100% electric. Um, they can charge in under 10 minutes. Um, and the best thing is they're affordable for Limerick. Right, so Luke and John, the idea of a trackless tram over a bus or as well as a bus? Yeah, I, yeah no, I'd, I'd go along with that idea. I think it's a very good idea. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a fantastic idea because, like I say, we're not looking for something that... Uh, that is going to replace poor public transport. We want to see the public transport improved. And I'd just like to go back to a point that uh, Joe made before about the transport strategy uh, for Limerick. I am. I have. I have my concerns about that because I've read the uh, the documents they had for the Cork and Galway one, and in those, it's just more the same. It's about building more roads. Like for the, for example, for the Cork one, they're looking at spending 1.4 billion euro on roads in the next 20 years and only 100 million on cycling. This is not how we uh, how we uh, change things and how we get people to um, uh, go to other forms of transport. Joel Edney makes a great point. Absolutely, and this is why, I mean, as I said, we had a, a meeting there only on Friday evening and I chaired the, the, the City Council and County Council's Transport uh, Committee and I said to the guys, even before we come into the studio here, once the consultation process starts uh, in the next couple of weeks, it's important that they have their their, their views heard because... As far as I'm concerned, the focus needs to be on putting in quality bus corridors throughout the city, connecting and giving people the opportunity to get from, let's say, the university where the guys are into the city and out to Raheen in less than 20 minutes, not having to take 40 or 50 minutes. We need integrated cycling lanes. And just to give you an example, uh, it's not that this is just consistently being debated. Since I became chair a year ago, I've met with the Limerick Cycling Campaign. I've met with uh, Fix Limerick Bus. I've met with the Limerick Cycle Bus Group. I've met with all the various different stakeholders. And one particular issue that came up, Joe, was the Shannon Bridge across the road from the studio here whereby the inside lane isn't really used that much and we've now secured 250,000 from the National Transport Authority to redesign that bridge to put in a dedicated cycle route coming in uh, in off the Coona Road over the bridge and down to continue the cycle route down down along the quays heading towards Artist Quay and out by Clare Street. So it's important that there's consultation and I said it at the outset, 
I, I'll reach out and meet with any group or stakeholder because we're all singing from the one hymn sheet in the context of living in the city, working in the city, studying in the city, and we want to move about uh, as efficiently and as reliably yeah. and as safely as possible. And of course, all about the UL campus expanding into the city centre as well. But some confusion among listeners, uh, John and Luke, that you might be able to clear up for us whether or not e-scooters, as you're suggesting, would be classified as mechanically propelled vehicles and then require licence, tax, insurance, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, they are, like, legally, yes, they are classed as uh, as um, mechanical uh, vehicles and that that is a law that we're going to have to look at changing. Like, um, you know, these this system has to be able to be tax insured by the, the company who's actually running it and not by the individual. Like there has to be third party insurance provided by the the people who are who are providing these e scooters and this requires a change in law. Also currently um currently for our scheme, uh, for those um mechanically propelled vehicles, uh, you have to be over sixteen to use them. Whereas we want a scheme that can be used by everyone. We want People from uh, from who are going to school all the way up to um, uh, OAPs, to old age pensioners, to be able to use our scheme. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people complaining this morning about uh, traffic congestion uh, in and around the UL area on the way into the city. So it's uh, apt. We're talking to you guys this morning and Sharon has sent us a message on Facebook to say the traffic is crazy at the UL roundabout this morning. The first gate that allows access to the back of UL is closed because the road is flooded which brings together the entire discussion we've been having uh, since five past nine this morning, the worries about um, flooding uh, as well. And just briefly on that, Joe Ledden, huge concern now among people uh, in uh, parts of Limerick about what they're facing over the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, as I said a few minutes ago, Joe, we've had unprecedented levels of rainfall and just listen to the weather forecast this morning for the week ahead, it's not getting any better. As you know, I do a bit of running. I ran out the the, the canal bank there on Saturday morning uh, in in around UL, in the back of the boathouse, and it was barely passable. On Sunday morning, it was just impassable. And I could see the Shannon Fields and the lands behind the travel lodge there utterly and completely flooded. So I can understand the back gate has been closed because it's completely flooded. Look, it's a huge issue. My cousin, Deputy Brian Ledden, uh, I know was on with you earlier uh, talking about it. And um, Different party, though. Different party, but uh, the same side uh, in terms of uh, ideological thinking, to be fair, uh, on this one. It, it, it's a big issue. And for anyone living, obviously, in low-lying areas, I mean, there are, we saw it there a couple of months ago with residents out in Kuna, the same thing again, the damage to the Shakes hurling pitches. Uh, it is a huge concern. Uh, so much so, you have the CFRAM study doing a lot of work. We've seen the work done down by uh, Kings Island and St Mary's Park. Fantastic work there. But that, unfortunately... You're no, finished, you're no more finished in one particular area with putting in secure flood defences when you're uh, looking at another part of the city, unfortunately. OK, all right, listen, thank you very much for talking to us uh, this morning as Labour Councillor Joe Ledden and two fourth-year students at the University of Limerick uh, with their um, ideas, and we appreciate them this morning, Luke Doherty and John Kavanagh. Thank you. Call Limerick today now on 461995.